but yeah, I mean, you want to create places where it's an easy entry for people. And if that means just joining a, you know, a group of people that have a similar commonality and then those relationships build, it just goes from there. Everybody just needs the right starting point. That's, that's for them. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Salty Pastor Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you learn how to grow your faith and your critical thinking skills. We are doing a very special end of the year celebration uh, here on the Salty Pastor. I am a thorn trapped between two roses. Um, We have on with us uh, Mrs. Dana Mitchell, our Adult Ministries Director, and Mrs. Emma Fulmer, our FH Kids Director. And you may be wondering, but where are the Salty Pastors? And I will say these ladies can get quite salty, but that's not the reason we brought them on today. We brought them on because ultimately the Salty Pastor um, podcast is all about looking towards the upstream views and perpetuating that. And Foothills is an upstream focused church and our upstream focused church can't do what it does without these two very important parts of the ministry in adults and groups. And obviously our kids are our future. And so we thought what better way to wrap up the year here on the Salty Pastor than bringing in the people that are spearheading these movements who are doing the groundwork out in the church to help perpetuate what Pastor Doug, Pastor Harv, what Zach and I talk about every week on this podcast, which is focusing on the upstream and really buying into and understanding why you believe things. So welcome ladies. You are, we had Miss Shadley Friesen on a couple of weeks ago. She was the first woman to um, join us here on the Salty Pastor. And now, you know, it looks like we're having a takeover day. So um, why don't we just talk about how long you've been in ministry here at Foothills really quick. And then we'll kind of talk about what you guys have been doing this year and how it's been helping the um, upstream ministry we've been focused on. So, um, Dana, you want to go first? Sure. Yeah. First of all, that's big shoes to fill following Shadley Friesen. I know, right? Yeah. The bar has set. <laughs> um, let's see. I've been in ministry full time for eight eight years now at Foothills. Ten total because this mm-hmm. is my second time on staff. So quite a bit of time. Awesome. Ten yeah. years. Mm-hmm. And then Emma? I'm at a year and a half. So I came on in COVID, June yeah. 2020. That was a a weird job choice. (laughs) It was. God led me here. So I just jumped in two feet and, you know, joined your awesome team. So I feel very blessed to um, just be a part of the team and be a part of Foothills. Mm -hmm. Well, we are so excited to have you. I will say as a personal reference, you are two of my favorite people here on staff. So don't let anyone else know, though. Good thing this doesn't go out to the public or anything. (laughs) So... But um, we just wanted to really, I talked with Pastor Harv, Pastor Doug, and we really thought it was important to share what you guys are doing um, because we see and hear from what they're doing a lot, but um, you guys are just as important in what we do here at Foothills. And so I wanna kind of just break this down and talk about some of your the biggest growths we've seen this year um, in your ministry and how that kind of relates to what we are you know, consistently talking about here as far as um, focusing people's faith, understanding why they believe what they believe and and pushing that upstream ideology. Danny, you want to go first? Yeah, I mean, the you know, my biggest role is coordinating and uh, spearheading the small group ministry. 
And we have um, right around 80 small groups, right around 600 Just 80, people. It's fine, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it, it sounds really, really big, but still that's a small percentage of the adults that go to this church, you mm. know. So my vision is just to have more and more people in. And we did see a, a, a big jump. We had a 39% increase in adults joining a small group. So that was really great for the year. Um, but yeah, it's just... We're a church of small groups. We're not a church with small groups. It's our main focus of what we do to grow adults in their faith because, you know, those small groups of people, discipleship happens really well within that context because you're, you know, the church is the place where you can be from all different socioeconomic, you know, statuses, um, political views, and this is the place where you can come together and have those safe conversations and learn from each other and push each other and... Um, it's a pretty, it's a really great system. I mean, it was Jesus' system, so obviously it, he, he it works, right? It yeah. <laughs> we're just trying to follow along, right? Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting, too, because we've seen growth in those during a time of COVID when right. we're supposed to be seeing people social distance and, right. like, go home, be by yourself. It's not safe. And we saw growth. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that it was necessarily people being flippant about COVID, but it was a desire to you know, we kind of saw this cutting away of like mm -hmm. things that you were committed to or things that you were constantly agreeing to that would have initially stopped you from being able to have time for small group maybe. Mm -hmm. And then you went, you know, I'm starting to realize what's important in this time when we're panicking, right. right? Is that what you were getting from people? Definitely that. And then just creativity. I feel like the people that were already bought in um, were willing to find any way to keep it going because you know, it was a scary time for so many people. And so they, like you said, wanted to lean into those things that give hope and give stability and um, that coming together. You know, America's really great that when things get hairy is our time when we really come together. And so um, you, just, you could see that through the groups and then other people too. You know, I think that COVID was a, a really beautiful thing in that it made people question, you know, what they were believing, what they were putting stock in. And so I feel like more people were open to see like, okay, this is, this is real and this is true. And this is something that I can focus my life around. And so they, they leaned in to doing those kind of things where they maybe wouldn't have before. So I, I mean, listeners of this podcast will know that I almost always close every single episode out challenging them to go have a conversation mm -hmm. because just like most small groups, when I'm sitting here talking with Doug and we're having a conversation, we're mm -hmm. doing it for all these people, but I'm learning every mm -hmm. time him or Harv or Zach share mm -hmm. something and we're having discussions about, well, what about this? What about that? Yeah. And it's growing my faith. It's growing my thinking skills. Mm -hmm. And one of the best ways to do that would be through a small group, wouldn't you mm -hmm. say? Is that, have you heard stories of, you know, people really being able to dial in why they believe it and what they're doing? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, we have such a great group of small group leaders here at the church. I mean, these people are just, they really care. They really feed into, um, pour into the people who are in their groups, praying for them, coming alongside them. Um, so that just relational component does that. that, that grows you, that shapes you. Um, and then, yeah, just the one of the sort of biggest um, successful things we do is writing those study questions that go along with the sermon and carrying what happens on Sunday throughout the week. And I've heard from small group leaders that those create really rich discussions. And so it's not just like you hear something on Sunday and then you, you know, you don't think about it again until the next Sunday. Mm -hmm. It's like 
it gives you that midpoint in the year to like bring that home, the application questions like, okay, how does everything that we heard apply to my life and what am I going to do about it this week? And then just, you know, I would get something different than Emma would get or that you would get. And so when people share all those different insights, it's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't think of it that way. And it's really, it's pretty dynamic. Well, and Doug's constantly talking about this upstream principle. It's the thing we've kind of taken this back half of the year and we're carrying forward into 2022 about the changes you make upstream will affect your downstream. And so people who who commit to doing small groups, doing life together, um, discipling other people mm-hmm. or being discipled, we see some pretty big changes in their lives, right? Yeah. Um, and so we have so many different styles too. Like mm-hmm. I think about, you know, we make jokes a lot in the office about, well, you know, Who, only at, you know, only at Foothills <laughs> do we have a, a small group that goes out shooting, you know, right. like that's an right. Idaho thing. I doubt, mm-hmm. Emma, you, you joined us from Cal, you moved from California to Idaho. I doubt that that was a big thing in your former church, you would right? I've seen that, though. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have, you know, we have young adult groups. We've got groups that go and play board games. Mm-hmm. We've got groups that just get together and they mm-hmm. just have, you know, kind of that traditional small group model, yeah. but we have, it doesn't have to be that. Would you say like there's, there's, it's, it's an ever evolving. People can get as creative or mm-hmm. wild with it as they want. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, it just goes back to the perfection of the system that Jesus created, right? When he came and, and gathered each one of us, just like he came and gathered his disciples, they were all at different places and stages. And, and that's the beauty of, of small groups too, is that, that, you know, we create, we have a, what I call an open market system where you can have a group for just about anything as long as it's legal is my only, <laughs> is my only caveat. So the gambling ring I was planning on starting yeah. was not going to be approved. Well, not, no, sorry. Unless we want to start a satellite campus in like Nevada or <laughs> something. Maybe. Nevada. <laughs> Somebody from Nevada call me. I have, I have a great idea. But yeah, I mean, you want to create places where it's an easy entry for people. And if that means just joining a, you know, a group of people that have a similar commonality and then those relationships build, it just goes from there. Everybody just needs the right starting point. That's, that's for them. Mm. And I think if what I've always been inspired by you is you're not looking for this specific small group leader. If you're feeling called to it, Dana's wonderful to help support you. And she always talks about how some of the best leaders aren't teachers. They're not right. the been like Christians the longest. Mm-hmm. She is really great at supporting people and just really coming alongside of you and inspiring you to start that small group. Yeah, I think so I think that can be I mean, I think that's just in small groups too. Like even when I first started coming here trying to figure out where I was gonna get plugged in mm-hmm. small group wise. Even though I'm in ministry, I think I still have to be able to grow and Mm -hmm. and work on my faith. I don't have it all figured out, that is for sure. But I think it's very easy, even just when I started, when I was asked to come on to ministry, this is my first ministry gig. It's like there's definitely this feeling of not being worthy enough or oh, like for sure. I'm too flawed to be in charge of other people's <laughs> mm-hmm. spiritual things. They know. <laughs> yeah. But I think the thing I've learned the most is we're not in charge of right. their spiritual growth. Right. Ultimately, we say it again and again on this mm-hmm. podcast, and it's the same thing in in FH kids and the parents teaching their kids and in the same thing with yeah. small groups is they're ultimately responsible for their own faith. All we can do is come alongside them, guide them, encourage them, Mm -hmm. coach them, coach Mm -hmm. them, but ultimately it's up to them. And we're also just figuring it out on our own too. And we just happen to be, 
you know, have spiritual gifts that allow us to help mm-hmm. others do that. And we have the desire to do that. So yeah. um, I think that's really great. Is there anything else that's been happening in because small groups is uh, one of your primary focuses, right. but as a whole, I know we've done a couple of events this mm-hmm. year, um, like the women's event with, um, mm-hmm. I can't remember their name. Knights of Unity. Yep. Knights of, of Unity. Unity. Mm-hmm. So that Unity was Ministries, a huge yeah a huge gathering of different women from, from all, different all across the valley, yeah. which was really amazing. There was um, testimony shared, yeah. encouragement, and stuff like that. Any other kind of big stuff going on in adult, adult ministry over the last year that's really kind of helped make that upstream impact mm-hmm. that started making some differences in people's lives, yeah. seen and unseen. Yeah, right? that's, a good, that's a good example. And then we kind of restructured how we do women's ministry and formed some new teams so that... Um, you know, more women could feel uh, empowered to go out and do ministry or be a part of it or, or shape it the way that they want to. Um, and so that was fun because it was kind of like just like me sitting back and then bringing all the women together that want to be a part and then just see how it dynamically shifted and created these teams was a lot of fun. Um, but men's ministry too, I mean, those guys had an, an amazing um, men's retreat with mm, like- So AD. many people up there. Yeah, Plus. yeah which was- I can't, I mean, so many more than the previous year. I mean, obviously it was a COVID year, but even, you know, the year before before that. that. Yeah. So I think that was just really good for the life, um, lives of the men of the church. And honestly, if, if, if we just only did one thing right and it was men's ministry, I would be so okay with that because, you know, it's just so powerful when men are growing in their faith because then they're leading their family accordingly. The kids are following suit. And so, um, yeah, props to the men of the church that, I mean, they just do discipleship well. They're committed to it. They take it very seriously. Mm. My husband's a part of it. Emma's husband's a part of it. And I mean, I've seen, you know, the spiritual growth in my own husband, your husband, and it's just, totally. it's a cool thing to it's see. It's great to see it in the church. You can actually yeah. walk around mm-hmm. and physically see it. Yeah. My favorite is Dan Frisky's small group that yeah. meets in the atrium and it's just out there. Right. I don't know if I could have my small group right. meet you know, yeah. kind of not on stage, but they're right. they're just showing off their faith. And yeah. really, they meet every week, and it's just inspiring because mm-hmm. now they've done it for so long, you kind of look over and you're like, oh, there yeah. they are, you yeah. know, and they kind of, uh, it's really awesome. Yeah, it is. And Dan's, a, he's a great example of just a, a man that's just so ministry-minded. He's always out there. He's always available. I mean, he's the kind of guy that you can bring any, you know, if, if a man comes with questions of the church or he's struggling, it's awkward for me to try to engage in that conversation. But to have somebody like Dan that's out there and available and say, hey, no, this is the guy you need to talk to and just be fully confident that he's going to have a good word for him, point him in the right direction, scoop him up. I mean, all of those men's leaders are like that. They just really get it. And I'm, I'm super proud of them. Well, and I would say that, you know, Typically, in a lot of churches, the men's portion is sort of like an afterthought or it's like, oh, they just do like barbecues and stuff Mm -hmm. like they're not. And, you know, you can't say that about every church. We're not in every church. And I'm sure there's plenty of churches that do do men's ministry well. But Mm -hmm. I will say that our men's ministry feels unique um, in a lot from a lot of churches I've been in that, you know, again, they do take Mm -hmm. it seriously. They have, you know, Doug has just started verbalizing the upstream Mm -hmm. idea. But it's been kind of an ethos of Foothills right, for a while mindset, of where you want, if you want to make your marriage better, if you want to make mm-hmm, your family better, mm-hmm. if you're a single man, pointing at myself for those who <laughs> are listening, ladies. Um, and you want to just better yourself so that when it is time for you to be a father, or husband, mm-hmm. et cetera, yeah. 
it starts with your walk with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important because it's not, we're not here to be a quick fix for, you know, we do have some things to help ease symptoms. Like if you are having marital issues, you know, we have a family ministries thing. If you have family um, rearing Mm -hmm. problems with your kids, then we have those solutions. But ultimately almost all those solutions come back to a point where they say, your walk with Jesus is going to set you up mm-hmm. to fix or maintain or improve all of these other things. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I love that that's our focus. I love that our men take that seriously. Mm-hmm. And then I love that the opportunity to create a small group based on whatever you mm-hmm. are interested in is there. It's not a, you know, you're not the the group czar sitting high on a throne saying, well, only these kinds of groups right. and only these times are available if someone comes to you and you said it just has to be legal, mm-hmm. which I mean, that's a little <laughs> rules lawyery, but whatever. Um, you're you're open to helping them grow and, mm-hmm. and, and flourish. So yeah. we just appreciate that. That's really great. I love mm-hmm. that. Emma, let's pivot really quick. So yeah. the adults are well managed. They're taken care of. Steve Botsford has the teenagers um, growing and discipling, but you yeah. have an abundance of children <laughs> that run um, into our building every week, excited mm-hmm. to learn more about Jesus. So talk to me about what they're learning mm-hmm. or the growth that is happening. Because ultimately, we're kind of busting at the seams in some we of these are, classes. We are. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of a broken record at Huddle because I talk about how we need more rooms. <laughs> yeah. like, but I could mm-hmm. use another room. Um, yeah, it's exciting. We, you know, we started with just the nursery open to moms mm-hmm. that wanted to come in during COVID, you know, everything was kind of scaled back. And now we are full capacity, all 10 rooms, gym, all the things. We use all the things. We have an amazing volunteer base and I feel so blessed. Um, We could not do FH Kids without them. They show up each week and just really care about the kids mm-hmm. and love them and want to teach them about Jesus. So mm-hmm. it's a blessing. Mm-hmm. Well, and we've, um, in the last year, there's been a couple different new changes to kind of continue to f- align this with this upstream thing. You've right. encouraged and asked parents to serve yes. in FH Kids at least once a quarter, if right. not more, because when you explain it to me, and this makes total sense, I'm not a parent, but it makes sense. You know, you should be visible in helping teach your kids and other kids about Jesus and their walk in faith. If you are just treating it as a a daycare, basically, where you just drop them off so you don't have to worry about it for a mm-hmm. couple hours, then they're not going to see that you care about their growth, right? right? You, kids are smart. They know what's important to you. So they see you live your life all day long. They know, wow, that's important to my dad because of the priorities you make. Mm-hmm. So when you make being in their classroom a priority, they're like, whoa. This, me learning about Jesus, this is important. My dad's in here, you know? My dad's, you know, talking to these other kids and to me and helping me do the Mm. craft and supporting. And what's Mm. awesome is we have such incredible teachers like Shadley Mm -hmm. that know what they're doing, take control, and the parents just get to come in and just support that and Mm -hmm. just experience it Mm -hmm. as well. So I know I have missed out on certain stories of the Bible when I was growing up Mm -hmm. and being in those classrooms, I'm like, oh! okay you know and it's just a non-judgmental really awesome inspiring space so i feel really blessed to not only have teachers that you know love what they're doing but also have parents coming in experiencing that with their kids well and i I think you could see that same 
kind of hesitancy you see in small groups where mm-hmm. it's like, right. well, I'm just new to my faith. Right. I, you know, I, I had an experience. I, I think, you know, I believe that Jesus is this guy, but I should not be teaching other children. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, right. there's people that come to it late in the game. They're like, I didn't even get any of these Bible stories. You know, maybe I grew up. My parent, my family didn't believe in it at all. And all I know is, you know, there was a Jesus guy. That's the extent, right? Right. It's like, that's not the expectation. You're not coming in expected to know all the answers or be able to, right. you know, transform these kids' lives through three words. Like, you're going to be transforming their lives just by showing that you care enough to be there. Right. right? And that you want to learn. Because yeah. that's where God takes over. Where you're in that feeling of, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. That's when he gets to step in and give you space for that and to give you confidence. So it's been really awesome to see parents continuing to just jump in. And you could tell they're a little nervous mm-hmm. and it's okay. And we just support them and love them. And they've been coming back and we're just so excited because we've really been focusing on it being intentional. Mm. That was the word Shadi and I wanted to you know, use all year long. And that definitely sums up what we used with... Um, Coming over to Gospel Project, which is the new curriculum which you're is using. Our new curriculum. It's a okay. three-year program, and it teaches nursery to fifth grade the Bible at their stages. So, you know, nursery would be here with learning the basic parts of the story, and then the two and three-year-olds are learning a little bit more. Four and five-year-olds a little bit more. But what's so cool is when you're leaving church on Sunday, everybody learned the same lesson. So when you're driving home, which a lot of ministry happens on mm-hmm. the way home. Meltdowns and mm-hmm. ministry. <laughs> Meltdowns and ministry, <laughs> all in the car on the way yeah. home. <laughs> Either you had breakfast and you're still good, or you didn't, and you know that's another story. But um, you know, parents always ask, "What'd you learn?" And before, when we were on a different curriculum, people were le- our kids were learning different things, so it kind of got disconnected. What's great about now is a three year old could start the conversation about a basic thing that they learned and then the second grader could be like oh yeah us too mm. and this 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 and this so that discipleship kind of happens naturally well and it makes it easier for the parents too because you're not trying to remember all the details from one story and right. for one thing to be like okay i need to engage my child on this to remember how that story happened because i probably they probably did not read it that day right and then the other kid learned this and then they're like starting to ask questions well why did zacchaeus mm-hmm. climb a tree i don't remember right. i don't know and we're giving out handouts because the parents might not have known that story right. so then yeah. they it helps them engage and be like oh wow and their kids are teaching them things that they didn't know mm-hmm. so it's it's really beautiful i really enjoyed the curriculum we started it in the summer so it's about six months so okay it's been and awesome. we're here for another two and a half years yeah, yeah. you know that part kind of makes me a little nervous <laughs> but you know diving in i'm an organizer i like new things all the time new so. things constantly <laughs> changing well um so talk to me a little bit about i mean you get the opportunity and the blessing and probably the overwhelming um nerves of teaching these kids about jesus every week mm-hmm. um have you seen any real changes in like, I mean, I just think about like what I get to do when I volunteer with the the youth group. It's like when you start kind of seeing the light bulb turn on, yes. it's kind of a thing that you're like, oh my gosh, that's not me. That's God. But right. like, I'm here to watch that. Like, yes. talk to me about kind of that vibe you get when you get to see these kids that start kind of getting it. The kids getting it actually happens more at home i've noticed as a parent and it's really not even in front of you if you're a parent and you kind of know if your the siblings are talking that's when they find like that's when you like see that the concept 
Now they got it because they're teaching it to their siblings. Mm -hmm. So um, Sam would say something like, you know, I don't know, ask Stella a question. She's like, well, that Jesus gave you that. And I'm like, oh, like Mm -hmm. I didn't teach you that, you know, like Mrs. Friesen taught you that or whatever. So it's it's really cool to see it out in their life. And I think that happens with us in small groups. And you just kind of see that growth in the classroom. But also it's really in the day to day where you Mm -hmm. really see them make those connections and Mm -hmm. teach one another which is really sweet. We had a moment like that on Sunday. Lucy had a Lucy had a rough day on Sunday as my friends in ministry got to win. Did she have <laughs> breakfast? I, I think so. <laughs> Lucy rarely goes without breakfast. But um, she had a, a moment after where she, you know, we had an incident at home and she ran to her room and she slammed the door and I came in and I'm like, what's going on? It was the worst Sunday ever. And I'm like, Aww. really? Tell me about it. So she shared about, you know, being embarrassed in front of the film crew and all that. Um, but she goes, the only good thing was I really liked the Bible lesson that we learned on Sunday. And I was like, okay, well, let's focus on what was great. Tell me what was about that. And then she just explained the whole Passover and they put blood on the door frame and then those little children weren't killed. And it's like, this is really deep stuff that we're talking about, but it's not sugarcoated. No, I (laughs) pray for the, our, our volunteers and our teachers. Cause I'm like, (laughs) Good luck to you today. <laughs> but um, Elizabeth made the connection first, and Mrs. Friesen had her come up on stage and explain it to the other kids. So that's another yeah. really awesome layer is seeing it in the kids, and maybe they can explain it to their peers better mm. than you might be able right. to. Right. And being able to notice that and then call them up and give them the confidence to do that. So Well, and we see um, Pastor Doug, Pastor Harve, um, and Zach quite often we're talking about, you know, what they're learning at school, whether they're doing pi- public, private, whatever, there's mm-hmm. there's influences from the, the philosophical ideas and stuff that shape who we are as adults and who are currently shaping the kids. Right. And so you are uniquely positioned where you're sharing through the volunteers, the teachers, the parents who are learning from Pastor Doug and Pastor Harv on Sundays, they're, they're teaching them a different way to view the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's not just, well, if you see one wrong thing, then you throw the whole thing out or, you know, everything's sad and miserable and you have nothing to be joyful Mm -hmm. about, but there's Jesus. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's so amazing that Lucy's like, you know, yes, my life was really hard today, but man, Bible story was like, and it wasn't like a joyful story. (laughs) No, I mean, it is, but I mean, it is, but it isn't. It's an intense story, but she still latched onto that. And so you know, again, we're setting them up with these upstream principles at even such a young age, because these kids are not overly old um, to be successful later on and be like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I know you're saying that, you know, the news is saying that the world sucks, but Mm -hmm. you know, God did this really cool thing for me. So Mm -hmm. it's like, I have things to look forward to, you know, and they're being taught a different way of viewing the world, these biblical worldviews of going, yeah, all my friends say that this is the way we should do things, but, you know, that's not what I learned in church. And these people, these parents that have been in my life, these men and women that have come and spent time with me, I trust mm-hmm. them more than I trust the random person on TikTok yeah, to right. give me my my beliefs. And it's like, you know, I grew up, I, I shared this with you guys the other day, I grew up without a dad, and some of my biggest lessons as a man came from other men in my church growing up saying, I believe in you, I believe in what God taught me and has done in me enough to 
give it to you and share time and inspire you and teach you. It's like my youth pastor taught me how to shave and like Mm -hmm. different stuff like that Mm -hmm. because he thought it was important to instill that. And we see that in the parents. We see that in people who are going out and discipling. I mean, the the volunteers are basically discipling these little ones up and they're taking the time to invest in them and not just be like, oh yeah, kids ministry is just like a playground that's, you know, they do have a lot of fun. They have got bounce houses and other Mm -hmm. things, but it's like you in your ministry have decided we're not just gonna be a daycare center with Mm -hmm. play toys and stuff. Our focus is well, the connection, what we saw change in COVID was the um, when we went to school, you, the teacher would be in the front of the room teaching. And then on a special day, they would get to we'd get to watch a video like it was like, oh, screen day. Well, that's all changed. Mm-hmm. It's all screens now. And now the novelty is a teacher standing up in, on the stage mm-hmm. and talking to them and knowing their names. Mm-hmm. A part, a big part of my ministry is just giving kids hugs on Sunday mornings mm-hmm. because and just being a reliable person in their life that the same people every Sunday mm-hmm. know their name, care about them, asked if you know they needed prayer, followed up with them. Mm-hmm. The follow-up is huge. Mm-hmm. Just like, wow, I belong somewhere. And I think people struggle with feeling that connection and mm-hmm. feeling um, wanted and also missed. Yeah. And the fact that we have the same teachers each week talking, you know, seeing them and being like, oh, like I always give Georgia a hug. Mm-hmm. Like every time I see Georgia, I'm like, yay, a Georgia hug because, mm-hmm. you know, it makes a difference in my life and in hers and just mm-hmm. being a part of something. And I think that's why people love Foothills so much because we are smaller and we mm-hmm. do care about one another and mm-hmm. we want to see others succeed. And mm-hmm. we're, you know, Foothills family. Foothills <laughs> family. Yep. Um, so. Do you guys have any other big thoughts that you want to share? We're kind of wrapping up. We've got a few minutes left, but is there anything, um, big blessings or things that have happened in your ministry over the last year that have just really made a big impact or a difference or things that you think the audience of the Salty Pastor should know about what you guys have been doing here? I think it's just important for people to understand, like, you know, we have a goal and it's for everybody that comes with it, whether it's a child or student ministry or an adult that like, our goal for you is for you to mature in your faith, you know, and everything we do is to try to create an environment where you, where you can do that. I think that we live in the world where, you know, we have so much access to, to so much information and so many talking heads out there that we end up outsourcing our discipleship, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you can watch all the mega pastors from across the, the U.S. And like, don't get me wrong, I love, you know, jo- Joyce Meyer, but we end up outsourcing that and, and we forget that there's somebody to the right of us or to the left of us or in our small group that has something that we need and we have something to offer too. And so um, I just... My goal is just to really wrap my head around that mindset going into 2022 so that I can pour that out into our small group leaders and they can, you know, feel equipped and ready to pour into Like I have something, I, I call our small group leaders the pastors of their living room. Like you're the pastor of your living room. So, you know, own that and pour into your people and pray for them and come alongside them and um, it's really great how they meet each other's needs and help each other move or help each other grieve when they've lost someone. And so um, I'm just excited about taking that farther and going deeper in that next year. I'm excited to just have fun. We're going to have a great week. We're getting yeah. all joyful, joy filled. Mm-hmm. We and just got through Christmas last week and we're getting oh. ready for the new year. <laughs> yes. And it's just like we're prepping for all of the great 
yeah. exciting things that are happening. I know yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. It's going to so be a good year. I'm excited. Um, I just really thank you guys. This is, you know, we're, we're wrapping up 2021. Um, it definitely wasn't 2020. It had a lot of more, <laughs> a lot less doom and gloom, but ultimately that was a choice we made. And, and as Pastor Doug talked about um, during the Christmas Eve services, joy is a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to choose mm-hmm. to be joyful and choose what you believe in. And um, these ladies that have joined me today are choosing to be in ministry and choosing to pour themselves out to help you and your family, mm-hmm. whether from birth to death, grow mm-hmm. and mature so that they can better know Jesus. And that's what we're our goal here at Foothills is, is ultimately we are focused on discipleship. We mm-hmm. care about your relationship with Jesus. We can't live the relationship for you. We can't do it. You can't outsource it. You can't trust mm-hmm. that we're going to figure it out for you. Ultimately, it's your journey and we want you to go through it, but we are going to be right alongside you, cheering you on, giving you as many resources and encouragement and uh, celebrate the wins and grieve in the sorrow. But ultimately, it's yours. And we as a team here at Foothills, as the Salty Pastor Podcast, Mm -hmm. and ultimately as the Big C Church Mm -hmm. are focused on that Mm -hmm. for you guys. So we hope that you guys have an amazing rest of your week. Celebrate responsibly in the new year (laughs) and just um, make plans for how you're going to grow your faith and grow your skills um, and understandings of your walk with Jesus this year coming year. Thank you guys so much for joining us and we'll see you on Thursday for our next podcast. Thank you, Jesse. Thanks, Jess.